0: listening to The Wonder Podcast. My name is Lisa Clark, and I'm joined here each episode with my co-host, Chrissy Dunham. And we just want to say thanks for tuning in. Have you ever wondered what the Bible has to say about worry and fear? Have you ever wondered how to decorate an odd shaped room? Have you ever wondered how to make a quiche with a sweet potato crust? (laughs) Well you're in the right place because we talk about all the things. If we don't know the answers to some of life's biggest, most wonderful questions, the guests we have on certainly will. So thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Wonder Podcast.
1: Welcome to The Wonder Podcast. We are so excited that you have chosen to join us today. My name is Chrissy Dunham, and I am here with the one and only Lisa Clark. Let's give her a hand today. Lisa, (laughs) How are we doing? Well, we're doing great. The question is, how are you?
0: I am great. You know, in April, we had our little Bray Judah being born, Bray Judah Russell. So Caroline and Brent had their fourth little boy, our seventh grandchild. Unbelievable. um, Yeah. And crazy. And so I was there quite a bit of the month of April with them, either in Norman or had all the other three boys back here in Dallas with me and super fun. And it's just been a, a wild ride. But here we are in May and just...
1: You know, summer's upon us. I mean, summer is right around the corner. Yes. All right. Well, don't want to waste a lot of time because we have to get to it, Lisa. We we are continuing our study in the book of Esther. And today we're going to cover chapters three and four. And why don't you do a quick little recap, Lisa? Okay. So, Recapping
0: chapters one and two, let me just cut to the chase. Chapter one, Queen Vashti says, "No, I'm not coming to your party, King. No, he's <laughs> and it, out of his mind. Yes. And he's like, off with your head. He doesn't really yep. kill her, but she never gets to wear the crown again. And she's out as queen. And so they go searching for another queen. And in chapter two, Esther is queen. She is found to be the one that he favors. And Esther is queen now. And at the very end of chapter two, If you listen to episode one, you see a plot that was forming. And Mordecai, Esther's cousin, pretty much put into that by telling Esther, look, this is happening. They're coming after the king. She goes to the king. Those dudes are killed. And uh, Mordecai, a note is made in the Chronicles about Mordecai, but it's kind of forgotten. But we'll pick back up on that a little few chapters from now. I'm getting ahead of myself. So here we are in three and four. So let me read the um, nutshell real quick, chapter three, Chrissy, and then you can kind of dive into chapter three for us. Esther was made queen of Persia. All appeared well, but offstage, a plot was developing, one that would annihilate the Jews within the Persian empire, driven by pride and anger, Haman, the Agagite, (laughs) used his influence and position in the imperial court to secure a genocidal decree. So what's happening here? Tell us. So
1: Haman is one evil dude. Let's just start there. Exactly. And as I read through this chapter, I was reminded of two things, that Satan is always alive and well Mm. and has chosen people to represent him. And the second thing is that God is sovereign and no matter what, his plan is going to override the enemy every single time. So as you hear these things, know that there's victory every single time. So basically what happened is Haman has been given an honorary position even though Mordecai is the one that told what was going on. And some of the commentaries didn't really have a lot to say. I don't know that there's a lot there that they know. He just rises to power. He just rises up and nobody really knows why. Yeah, Because I kept trying to figure out what did he do that he got to rise to the top? Well, the more I dug into it, the more I learned about the king, King Xerxes, that He's kind of a wishy-washy leader. Yeah. Like whatever somebody says, he'll be like, okay, let's do it. Right. And if somebody else comes along and says something, he'd say, okay, let's do it. I really think he's just kind of a party boy. Yeah. You know, just kind of a, I am in charge here, but whoever gets the last say, that's what we're going to do. And that's basically what happens in chapter three. So. One thing I want to point out before we get too deep into this, very, very interesting. And I want the people to read it on their own because we don't have time to go into it. Right. But in 1 Samuel 15, King Saul, Saul is king at this time. And the Lord tells him that he needs to kill out a group of people led by king who? Aggregite. Mm -hmm. Okay, so he says you need to wipe these people out because they're evil. Saul does not do it. He takes part of them out, not all of them. So, ladies and gentlemen. What is happening in this chapter is a result of not being obedient to God, Mm. that these people are still around, they are still evil, and if Saul would have done what the Lord asked him to do, we wouldn't be even discussing this story. Well, thank goodness David was
0: obedient, and he killed off all the Amalekites. That's right. Eventually. Eventually. Yeah, but but Agag was... Not but a least, good person, no, no,
1: not a good no. king. And so Haman is from that line, right, right. So that is where this evil comes from, yeah, is Haman is just part of his tribe and part of who he is. Also, it goes back to Esau goes all the way back into East mm. Saul because he's a part of that tribe. That's right. So it's years and years and years. So just remember that choices that you make that are disobedient to what the Lord asked you to do can affect people hundreds of years down the mm. road. When they talk about generational sin, this yeah. is a perfect example. We wouldn't even be taught discussing this if Saul would have done what the Lord asked him to do. But the bottom line in this chapter is Mordecai is just living his life. And this evil man turns him in as someone who is not bowing down to him. Now, there's really no uh, statue or anything. It was just kind of a rule that you bow down to people that are part of the royal family, which Haman was. And so he never bowed down. And here's another interesting thing is in It's in verse four at the very end. He says, therefore, they told Haman about it to see whether Mordecai's behavior would be tolerated for he had told them he was a Jew. So Mordecai tells the people he's a Jew. What had he told Esther to do in the first part? Not tell Won't that she's tell a them Jew. you're a Jew. Yeah. And all of a sudden he's saying he is. Yeah. So they are out to get him and not only him but the Jews. Mm-hmm. And they decide that they want to start doing this during Passover. Mm-hmm. So how rude is that to the Jewish people that during Passover they've decided we're going to come up with this edict and I'm going to talk to the king about it. We're not going to destroy the Jewish people until the 12th month, which means it's about 11 months that this is going to take place. They've got to get the news out. They've got to tell all the people in all the places, hey, if you're a Jew, you're going to die in 11 months. How would you like to hear that? Not good. So he goes and talks to the king. The king says, yes, let's do it. The king didn't really ask any questions. Like a commentary said, it could have been that he thought it was just like 10 people. He didn't realize it was a whole group of people, a whole tribe of right. people. And so he's just like, yeah, here's my ring because they had those signet rings. So yes. he gave it to Haman and said, all you do is just stamp this on, tell the couriers to take it out, which you have to remember, it takes time for the couriers to get the message to him. Right. So these messages are delivered to everybody during Passover, which is so rude. And then other days saying, hey, in 11 months, we're killing. If you're a Jew, you're going to be dead. I don't care if you're a woman, a child, no matter what, you are going to die. At the very end of the chapter, there is the last verse that's very interesting. The couriers went out, spurred on by the king's command, and the edict was issued in the citadel of Susa. The king and Haman sat down to drink, but the city of Susa was bewildered. So bewildered means they were in a state of confusion. Yeah. Like, what are we going to do? What is happening here? And Haman and the king are just going on about their life. So that's kind of Chrissy's version in a nutshell. Do you have anything (laughs) to add?
0: (laughs) Well, You know, so we hear in this chapter about casting the purr. you know, that the lots were cast. And so you get that celebration of Purim during this time. And when we were in Israel, actually, they were celebrating Purim. And basically what that is, is when the lots were cast, you know, it's all about this whole scenario of Esther saving the people in Persia, the Jewish people in Persia. And so that Purim celebration is all because of this story. That we're telling today. We even ate the Haman's ear, you know, which is a little kind of a croissant type thing with jelly in it. Remember eating that? Yes. Yeah, it was kind of cool that we were there during that time. It's a huge, big festival and everything in Israel. But that's one of the things I wrote down here. Also, the basis of this whole thing is pride. Isn't sin just always about pride? I guess the first fall of man is I want to know what I want to know and not what God tells me to know. You right. Know, it's all about me. So pride is kind of at the central force behind all sin. But Haman wanted to be honored and he was willing to annihilate a whole people group because of his pride. You know, man, that wow. that just goes to show you that not only just the hatred in his heart for anyone who didn't and he had just been given this role. I mean, it's not like he grew up royalty or anything, you know, But right. just kind of crazy how quickly that went to his head and how he was just willing to be so destructive because Mordecai wouldn't bow down to him. Wow. Mordecai, what a guy, huh? Right. You know, it's unbelievable. A, no peer pressure because they right. were coming at him. They were coming at him. Hey, you're still, you know, mocking him. You're still not bowing. You're still not bowing. Mm-hmm. And finally, you know they decided to make this huge move and decide to annihilate all of his people.
1: So, and he told them he was a Jew. I yeah. just find that so interesting. You yeah. told Esther don't now don't let him know and then yeah. like you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just the man in him. Well that allowed her to get into the
0: palace. Absolutely. You know?
1: It's all a part of God's plan. Yeah, absolutely. Of God's plan. Absolutely.
0: Okay. So then we get to chapter four and let me just read a nutshell From our study guide here, read about chapter four, and then we'll dive into it. The date was set and irrevocable. So this was an irrevocable date that was set, the date you were talking about. The Jews were destined for destruction, but the promises of God to his people could not be swept away so easily by the plots of men. In the palace of the king was a woman who could make a difference. This is our Esther. Our queen. Okay. So Mordecai is getting word to Esther that, hey, you got to do something here. And so she finds out he's in sackcloth. And so she's like, I got to get him in here to talk to me face to face. She sends clothes for him through one of her eunuchs, which was one of her trusted advisors. And he refuses them. He is not willing to be out of his mournful state. He's like, no, I'm doing this thing. I'm not changing. So they kind of start this dialogue between her eunuch and him. So she says, tell him this, he comes down and Mordecai's like, well, tell her this. And they go back and forth. So it was an interesting way of playing telephone basically before telephone was available or the game was even (laughs) there because, you know, she's getting all of her information before, you know, getting it to Mordecai and then learning things and and telling him. So he's like, you got to go before the king and let him know what's going on here. Well, she knew she had not only not been there in 30 days, he hadn't summoned her in 30 days, but she knew that if you weren't summoned and you just went before the king, it was automatic death. He had to basically release his golden scepter on you. He had to put the golden scepter down for you to be welcomed into his presence. And so she knew this. She knew this was law. And she was like, no, I mean, I'm going to die. And so he basically says, well, you're going to die one way or the other then, because you won't be exempt of this edict. Every Jew in this entity in Persia is going to die according to Haman's law here that your king has signified. And so she's like, okay. So he said, you're not safe in the palace. You will die. So we get to our key verse, which is in chapter 4. And let's see here where I want to stop. I'm going to start at verse 12. So they told Mordecai Esther's words. And Mordecai told them to answer Esther Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, because you're afraid to die, basically relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place that shows Mordecai's level of faith. But you and your father's house will perish, but everybody's going to die. I mean, the Jews will go on, but your family is going to die, including me. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. This is our key verse, the verse that everybody knows. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, go gather all the Jews who were present in Shushan, which is the citadel area and fast for me, neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Oh, the drama of it all. If I perish, wow, I perish. Wow, wow, wow! So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther commanded him. And that is the end of chapter four. So here we are. We've got this key verse. And he was expressing confidence that Esther's position was, in fact, designed and purposed by God, even though God is never mentioned in the book of Esther. Right. We see That God's divine sovereignty is mentioned here. Boom. You know, Mm -hmm. that's our mic drop moment of this. We see that God's sovereignty is mentioned here because Mordecai knew, look, you're there for a reason. This isn't all just happenstance. So we've got to trust in the Lord here to save our people. So she asked them fast for me for three days, three nights. She would do the same. Her maids would do the same. And then after that, I'll go into the king and I'll take what is, you know, I'll just take what Mm -hmm. is it because this is like you said, I'm probably going to die one way or the other. So, I mean, we all know the verse, right? It's a popular verse. And for such a time as this. But it's the key verse, and that's the undercurrent
1: of the sovereignty of God being mentioned there. That's right. I also love in verse 14 when he says, For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. I love that about Mordecai, that he knew no matter what, God is going to save this group of people. Yeah. God is going to save them. Like you said, even though God is not mentioned, yeah. Mordecai knew, he knew that God had a plan for them. And this was not the end. That's right. This is not the end. That's right. I love it. I, know. I love it. I
0: think that I love their relationship because let's just be honest, family's difficult right. some days. Yes. <laughs> you would already mentioned that he mentioned to her, don't mention your nationality. And yet here he is at the city gate saying, I don't have to bow down to you. I'm a Jew. So all of this timing played into the role that she was given to save her people. That's right. In these family members, he was her cousin that was basically raised her because everybody else was dead. You know, it was so strategic. This relationship was so strategic from him, you know, gaining a place of authority there, although it didn't right. come in very handy now, it will soon again. And it did really because, as far as Heyman was concerned, he did not know her, his relationship with Esther, right? But which that's a secret, yeah. But his authority came in to a place of just her being able to communicate with him, like she was, because right, right there at the city gates, so her eunuch would just have to go out there, talk to him, and then go right back to her and give. Spell the beans, you know.
1: Which is still, what a sovereign God. Yes, that every single detail was in His hands, and that Mordecai had that faith and trust in God that He's going to take care of us regardless, no matter what. Even if you're silent, yeah, He's going to take care of us. Which I love living in today's times. You think of the church, how it's attacked. You think of Christians, how they're attacked. You think of all the horrible, horrible things that are going on in this world. Shootings every day somewhere. Doesn't matter if you're on vacation or if your child's in school. Everybody's kind of on high alert anymore. Right. You know, and it's scary, scary times. And so when you think of Esther and Mordecai, it was like just the two of them. And it was scary, scary times. But Mordecai was flying that flag that no matter what, no matter what he's going to get us through, which reminded me of kind of, not kind of, of verses that a lot of people go to out of Romans 8, 8, 38 and 39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor the future. Not any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord, Mm. that no matter what you're facing this day, it doesn't matter what it is, that nothing can keep you away from the power of God and the love of God, and that he is going to take care of you and it goes back to that chapter three, that the disobedience of a king hundreds of years prior was a part of this plan, but right. yet God still had his hand on their lives and he was going to protect them. He was going to protect them. So we know the end of this story, but we haven't talked about the end of this story. Yeah. And it's just... We can't give it away. We can't give it away. <laughs> But I just want our listeners to know that, God, I don't care what you're going through. If you will trust God with every detail, even though it seems so dark and it seems like God's never going to answer your prayer and that he's not taking care of you. I promise you he is working during those dark days and those ugly words and the mean text or whatever it is that you're walking through. He works in the dark. He works when no one else is even thinking about your situation. And he puts all the pieces together for your good and nothing can separate you.
0: Amen. And I didn't even know you were going to say that, but that is the perfect transition into what I was going to share last. So written in the side of a cellar in Cologne, Germany by a Jew during the concentration camp era and all of that when Jews were in hiding from the Nazis, was this, you might have heard this before, but I love it. I believe in the sun even when it is not shining. I believe in love when feeling it not. And I believe in God even when he is silent. And that's exactly what you're saying there, Chrissy. That's right. Is that's when right. we don't see him, we can trust him. When we can't feel him, we can trust him. When we can't see him, we can trust him. We know he does not sleep, nor does he slumber, according to Psalms. So our God is at work at all times in these things when, just like you showed from the top, that when Saul was commanded to kill all of the Amalekites under King Agag, and he did not kill them all, here we find this descendant, Haman, doing his evil work. But God Mm -hmm. used him to save his people and he used him to show his sovereignty and that he is at power and he never forgets about a thing (laughs) everything works out for our good and for his glory.
1: Amen. When you're
0: following him and trusting him in all of it. So it's pretty cool. In total obedience. Total obedience. Yeah. Yeah. That's where you want to be. Partial obedience is disobedience. Exactly. Partial obedience is disobedience. Exactly. Because we want our faith to grow. And when you're obedient, even when you can't understand it, or you don't like the situation, that is a faith growing exercise. And that's how our faith grows is by just seeing God's love and blessing in the obedience when we're obedient, when we don't even get it. I don't even understand what's happening here. That's right. But I'm going to trust you, Lord. I'm going to love
1: you. I'm going to shout you from the mountaintops. I trust you here. So good stuff. Amen. Love it. So good. So you guys join us as we continue our journey in Esther. And we will see you next time. Thank you all so
0: much for listening to this episode of The Wonder Podcast. We are thrilled that you've spent this time with us. Just want to say thank you. We also want to make sure you're aware that we have another podcast called Raising Sinners. It's on the Christian Parenting Network. And we would love for you to join us there, too. If you've got kiddos or know someone who does, check us out at Raising Sinners, the podcast podcast for parents. And lastly, Chrissy and I also want to just thank those of you who have been so generous to support our podcast ministry. If you're interested in doing that, we would love for you to go to chrissydenham.org and click on the party table. You can make any size donation and all of those proceeds go to help us with our podcast ministry. So if you've done that before, we thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you'd like to check it out, please do. So, God bless you, and thanks again for listening to this episode of the Wonder Podcast.